You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. And welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, flying solo today. No Garth, unfortunately, due to other commitments, due to the fact that I messed up the timings again. Um, we shall get this right, and hopefully it'll be a lot smoother in the coming weeks. Um, but, as I said, going solo today as we review Ring of Honor, episode 360, and Impact Wrestling's episode from the 9th of August. Now, I'm going to start with Ring of Honor, and I'm just going to start by saying I felt that this match, sorry, this show, was a little bit underwhelming. And I feel like the main event sort of made up for it, but there was no real standout match. So, for example, the last two me and Garth have reviewed... Um, we've had Kushida versus Sabin. We've had um, the Young Bucks and Adam Page versus SoCal Uncensored versus Lij. Really, really good matches that have stood out that have made me and Garth go, "Bloody hell, this is an absolutely incredible promotion." Um, and sorry, I said Kushida versus Chris Sabin. I meant Chris Sabin versus um, Silas Young and Kushida versus Jonathan Gresham is what I meant. Um, but yeah, this this show seemed a bit lacking, um, which is unfortunate. So we started with um, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes, taking on the Bouncers, the team of the Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonas. Now, this was a non-title match, um, though this wasn't um, made clear up until about halfway through the match uh, when Ian Rakanoi actually said it. Um, now, the size of Beer City Bruce and Brian Malonas is quite astounding, and they use that size quite well, especially to start off with. Um, Jay and Mark sort of took the early initiative. Uh, Jay Briscoe with a cannibal sent on over the top rope, and then Mark followed that with um, a corkscrew moonsault, which was really cool. Um, but the bouncers then started to grind down the Briscoes just with their sheer size and, you know, the fact that they were the bigger team. And the commentary team did a fantastic job of sort of building them as the biggest team Ring of Honor have ever seen and building them as a viable threat. Though, I think with the Briscoes' ongoing uh, storyline with um, SoCal Uncensored, which we'll get to in a minute, it, you know, it would have done nothing for the bouncers to win. So when they came extremely close to winning, uh, when Malonas hit a leg drop off the middle rope onto Mark, um, I didn't feel invested that they were going to win. Jay made the save anyway um, before the Briscoes actually won. Uh, Jay hit a neck breaker onto Bruiser, um, the Beer City Bruiser and Mark then followed it up with a froggy bow, which is, I thought was a frog splash the first time I saw it. It was a frog splash mixed with an elbow drop. Quite a cool move, but Briscoes won. Never really in doubt. After the match, um, Jay grabbed the mic Basically, did the typical "we're the amazing tag team in this," you know, in this promotion. No one's going to beat us, especially SoCal Uncensored, which brought SoCal Uncensored out onto the stage. Uh, Scorpio Sky 
actually was the mouthpiece of this um, of this promo segment. And having not heard him speak a lot, and obviously being in um, a stable with Frankie Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels, you sort of get overshadowed. But I thought um, Sky did a fairly good job here. Um, Jay Briscoe said, what you think you're going to be is just because you've got three people and we've only got two. And Sky makes a lovely quick batting being good at maths, which he didn't expect. Um, but said that he was going to hang back and let Christopher Daniels and Kazarian the addiction take care of business so that it's a fair fight. Uh, so Daniels and Kazarian attack the Briscoes and they're pulled apart by security. This is all building up really quite nicely. Should be a good match if it's going to be Daniels and Kazarian versus the Briscoes. I look forward to that. Moving on, we move on to Women of Honor action. And it's a number one contendership four-way match between Madison Rain, Karen Q, Kelly Klein, and ex-WWE female competitor Tennille Dashwood. Um, this was okay, if not a little bit underwhelming. There was some excellent spots. Um, every woman, as they were coming to the ring, they had a picture-in-picture promo sort of building themselves up. Obviously, I know that Karen Q has recently been um, announced as a member of the Mae Young Classic, along with Madison Rain. So, obviously, you know, very, very good competitors in this match. Um, the main spot in the earlier, um, in the outset, there was a bit where I think Karen Q, Madison Rain, and uh, Tennille Dashwood were all on the middle ropes of jockeying position looking for superplexes and then a joint superplex. And then Kelly Klein, who was built really well in this match. I thought Commentary did a fantastic job of sort of saying she is an absolute monster. She went through a certain amount of time. I believe it was two years uh, without being pinned or submitted. So that's quite an extensive length of time. Uh, so she was built as the person that was going to be, you know, the one to beat. Anyway, she gets underneath and power bombs all three. Really good. Um, every woman had their moment with the exception of Madison Rain, which we'll get to in a minute. Dashwood got on a roll then. Um, she hits the Taste of Tennille, um, with all three of her opponents sitting in different corners. She then hit the Taste of Tennille on all three. She hits uh, Karen Q then with a butterfly suplex, which looked beautiful, but um, Kelly Klein then made the save. Speaking of Kelly Klein... Um, there was a wonderful spot where she'd got Karen Q on her shoulders for a fireman's carry. Uh, Madison Rain then thought it would be a great idea to run at her. Uh, she ran up and attempted to hit a crossbody. Uh, Klein caught her and sort of then fell back in a fallaway slam and Samoan drop uh, combination, which was, you know, quite, quite an astounding feat of strength, really. Um, that was broken up. Uh, a near fall on Karen. Tennille Dashwood then came up again, hit the spotlight kick on Klein. Karen tossed Dashwood out of the ring, um, which sort of played back to her picture-in-picture um, -picture promo where she said she wasn't going to fight dirty, she was going to fight clever, which I thought was quite nice. It was a little bit of a different take than everyone else. Um, she got rid of uh, Tennille Dashwood out of the ring, covered Klein, but Klein kicked out. Um, Rain then hit a rain check on Karen as she turned round to earn the victory and a future shot at the Women of Honor Championship. Um, which uh, I suppose the right person won, uh, thinking about it. Um it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good match, her versus uh, Sumi Sakai. Uh, speaking of Sakai, she came out onto the stage after the match. 
she looked at Madison Rain celebrating away with a very, very confused look on her face. Uh, she seemed to be sort of wondering why she was there, but she held up the Women of Honor Championship and Madison Rain obviously did the typical thing of I'm coming to get you. So that is our Women of Honor Championship match in the future. Sumi Sakai, the champion against Madison Rain, who won here tonight in Fairfax. A promo segment now as Cody comes to the ring accompanied by Brandy Rhodes. Um, sporting the black eye and still sporting the blonde hair. He says that the last twice he's gone for the Ring of Honor Championship, he has been unlucky. Um, but he did say after that that none of those matches were one-on-one. They were all multi-man matches. Um, so following this, he then invited someone who, and I quote, is all business to come to the ring. And obviously then the Ring of Honor crowd start chanting for Bernard the Business Bear. However, the NWA champion Nick Aldis, who Cody will be facing for the NWA championship at All In, comes down to the ring looking incredibly dapper in his suit. And the more I've seen of Nick Aldis, obviously we reviewed Honor for All, and I thought he was decent then. You know, he comes to the ring here, he looks incredibly sort of... I think, yeah, Dapper's probably the best word dressed in his suit. Um, he says to Cody, look, we've agreed to wrestle at all in. But at that point, you were the Ring of Honor champion. So if I won, I'd take the Ring of Honor championship. If you won, you take the NWA championship. However, you don't have it anymore. So what can you possibly offer me? And at this point in the promo, I was thinking that's actually a really good point because for all this, he's just going to win and there'd be nothing else for him. He's just beaten Cody. So Cody obviously thinks about it for a moment and takes off his, and in air quotations, his ring of honour, um, gives it to all this, says this is collateral. You know how much this ring means to me. Everyone knows how much this ring means to me. Okay, this is what I'm putting up. All this thinks for a moment, puts it on, um, sort of nods at Cody and attempts to exit the ring. Before he can get all the way to the back, Cody stops him and says, actually, what I've got to offer you is a chance to be at the big boys' table. He makes a quip about the fact that all this took the NWA championship, a championship that was full of prestige when people like Dusty Rhodes held it. He took it off a 53-year-old history teacher. And I think it's a good angle to go down talking about this fall from grace in the NWA championship before it begins to rise again as it has done now. Um, Nick Aldis, obviously incensed by this, comes back into the ring, holds out his hand and demands Cody kiss the ring. Um, Cody sort of laughs it off. Aldis stays standing there. As it was sort of about to boil over, whether Cody was about to kiss the ring or whether they were about to come to blows, the rest of Bullet Club come down to the ring, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, Marty Skrull, and separate them off. What I think is a nice little twist in this match is the fact that Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis are school friends. And I didn't know that. So Marty Skrull is attempting to calm down Nick Aldis while Aldis is shouting in his face, who are you with? Are you with me or are you with him? 
whilst the Young Bucks and Adam Page attempt to calm down Cody. And that's where we sort of end that segment. Really, really good segment. Um, because up until recently, with the announcement of Pentagon versus Kenny Omega as the semi-main event, I feel this as the main event, the Cody versus the uh, Nick Aldis, I feel it was lacking somewhat, um, especially, as Aldis points out, after Cody lost the Ring of Honor Championship. So it's going to be interesting, obviously, the build to this. We are heading towards All In. Um, obviously in two weeks' time on September 1st. I'm looking forward to it more now, and as this builds, hopefully I'll look forward to it even more. We've then got six-man tag team action as our main event, and this saw the team of Cheeseburger, Josh Woods, and Flip Gordon take on Bully Ray, the Ring of Honor World Television Championship... uh, Sorry, let's try that again. The Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Punishment Martinez, and Shane Taylor. Now, the story behind this match, obviously, is that Bully Ray is attacking anyone he sees as a rookie or people that he doesn't believe have paid their dues. So, um, as Cheeseburger comes to the ring, nothing happens, gets a huge reception. Josh Woods comes to the ring, massive reception. He looks jacked. He looks like a legitimately terrifying person. As Flip Gordon makes his way to the ring, Bully Ray attacks from behind. Absolutely launches him, absolutely destroys him into the ring post. Um, The camera does a wonderful job of just, just avoiding getting the entire thing on camera so the sound makes it sound worse than it obviously is. Um, We come back from the break and Punishment Martinez and Shane Taylor in the ring. Um, And Gorn has been taken backstage. They say that the concussion protocol has been initiated, which I thought was very... Very sombre and very severe. Um, we then have a little bit of a standoff where Cheeseburger and Josh Woods are on the outside. Um, Bully Ray saying, well, it's three on two now. You're going to have to throw the match out. Ref, throw the match out so I can go home. Uh, the crowd start chanting Colt Cabana, um, to which Colt Cabana says, well, I'm in jeans and a polo shirt, so no. Um, Cheeseburger, in typical babyface fashion, says, all right. We'll do it three on two. Let's go. Um, So they come into the ring. As you would expect, very, very early domination from the heel side. Though Josh Woods does look really, really good in this match. Um, Basically, Taylor... um, Not Taylor, sorry. Josh Woods gets into the ring, uh, sort of marginally cleans house. Um, He cleans up Roger Martinez. He then cleans up Shane Taylor, Bully Ray tags himself in. Josh Woods is about to go for him, but Cheeseburger says, no, 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 tag me in, tag me in. So he does. Cheeseburger then gets absolutely demolished by Bully Ray. Abs- pardon me, absolutely destroyed. Um, Whilst all this is happening, uh, Josh Woods is taken off the ring apron by Shane Taylor, which means that whilst when Cheeseburger finally gets a moment to go for the hot tag. He can't because there's no one there, which at this point, Cole Cabana has obviously sort of seen enough. He inserts himself into the match, um, which is interesting. Um, he sprints to the ring. Um, the crowd is getting absolutely ballistic at this point. I I know that Cole Cabana is obviously still a wrestler, still takes independent dates. I was very sceptical of what he was going to be like. 
I was like, okay, we'll see. He hit a springboard moonsault onto Taylor, which was instantly proved me wrong. I thought Colcabran had a fantastic showing in this match. Uh, Martinez is then taken over the top by Woods. Um, Cabana then sort of takes Bully Ray to the mat, hits him with a flurry of punches. Just as it seems, the faces are getting the momentum back. There's fighting on the outside. Cheeseburger rolls back into the uh, ring. It's hit by Taylor, who lands in with a Michinoku driver for the victory. It's very deflating because as Taylor does... um, hits the Mishinoku driver, you have got um, Josh Woods in shot on the outside. And he hears the three count, he hears the bell, and he looks up genuinely confused as though to go, but we were winning. I don't understand. And he just sees Cheeseburger laid out on the floor. Cheeseburger, who took chops from Shane Taylor early in the match, and I was genuinely concerned his chest was going to cave in. Um, It's quite scary how thin Cheeseburger is when you compare him next to someone who's quite muscly or big in stature, someone like Shane Taylor, someone like Bully Ray. After the match, Bully Ray takes advantage, hits Cabana with a chain, um, sort of beats the faces down before. Flick Gordon has not got concussion. He runs down to the ring, steel chair in hand, hits Gordon with the chair, hits Punishment Martinez with the chair on the ring. Uh, It doesn't open properly, so Punishment Martinez has to stand in a crouched position for longer than the normal amount of time waiting for the chair shot. As he goes to hit Bully Ray, he exits the ring. So the faces sort of stand tall um, at the end of this. You know, I feel if there'd been just one more match at the end, you know, a main of it, this could have been an absolutely fantastic show. It just felt very anticlimactic. I felt like I wanted something more from the show. It's not to say the wrestling that we saw was bad, I thought that there was some excellent wrestling. I thought the main event was thoroughly enjoyable for a completely different reason than the main event last week. But, i just like to say, a bit of an underwhelming show from Ring of Honor this week. Moving on to our Impact show from the 9th of August. This, really enjoyed this uh, show. I thought it was another really, really good show. There's a couple of things that I'd changed. There's a couple of things that I'm, you know, I didn't like. Obviously, it's not a perfect show by any stretch of the imagination. There's some really, really good matches. We open with LAX and the OGs backstage. They're brawling, but there's no entrance to it. There's no, you know, start of impact or anything. It's literally, it cuts to impact and they are already fighting. They're fighting in um, the cloakroom. They're fighting on the stairs. They're hitting each other with... um, divider posts that people queue up behind. They're hitting each other with chairs, throwing them through coat hangers. At one point, security comes and attempts to break them up, while Hernandez then gets one of the security and border tosses him into a wall. Though at one point, I did think he was going to attempt to border toss him down the stairs. So even though he got hit, you know, border tossed into a wall, which looked incredibly painful it was probably better than being border-tossed down the stairs because I thought that was where we were going at one point. Uh, We then cut to our actual first match of Impact and that sees the team of Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier, and P.T. Williams taking on the Desi Hit Squad. Um, Gamma Singh um, is the person who introduces the Desi Hit Squad. This is branching off from a couple of weeks ago where 
Ishimori and Peter Williams had a fantastic match um, in the post-slammiversary show. Uh, the Desi Hit Squad then came to the ring and beat them up, attempting to get some heat to try and heat that tag division up. Um, Ishimori starts off immediately is on top. Um, he tags Pete Williams in. He hits a code breaker, which looks really nice. Um, the Desi Hit Squad, though, it's by far, by far the best match I've ever seen them have, you know, in my limited impact experience. I still feel that Ishimori and Pete Williams as a team, even though they're not a team, they were operating at a higher pace, a higher standard. And I feel like the Desi Hit Squad needs to get somewhere near that level to be seen as a credible threat. You know, because they never seem to be... They never seem to be in with a massive chance of winning this match. And really, for me, Desi Hit Squad should have been the team to win this match. Um, There's some strikes in the middle of this match where the Desi Hit Squad seem to be more, far more confident. Um... But Ishimori fights off the squad, hits a lung blower. Um, PT hits a Canadian destroyer, and then Ishimori hits a bloody cross for the win. Uh, six minutes, just over six minutes. This match, I just I feel it's very, very strange that they've chosen to have the Desi Hit Squad lose here. Um, if you're trying to build a tag team, you know they you had them beat uh, KM and Falabar last week. You know, you are trying to build this tag team division. Um, and I know that the tag team titles are currently locked up in a feud, you know, which will presumably take quite a long time to sort of peter out between the OGs and the LAX. But even so, you want to build credible threats. And if you're having people like the Desi Hit Squad losing against people who aren't teams, I mean, we don't know how many showings we're going to have for Taizu Ishimori and Impact. You know, they didn't necessarily need the win. Unless, of course, they are going to team Pete Williams and Ishimori up as a tag team, because I would be more than up for that. That sounds fantastic. We then cut to a Pentagon promo who talks about Matt Seidel's obsession with the spiritual and his third eye and how basically, you know, he's in his own little universe. Pentagon welcomes him into his universe and basically says, in his universe, there's zero fear. Um, it was a very... By the numbers, Pentagon promo. Um, I I didn't really expect anything more. Uh, just built more towards the match tonight. Ali and Kira Hogan next backstage. Um, Ali, I just I've said before on this podcast, and I know Garth feels the same. Ali and Ring is absolutely fine. Don't mind Ali and Ring at all. Her promos seem forced. There doesn't seem genuine emotion there, and it's. I struggle to become invested in Ali's character if I if I'm not finding her to be real, you know, for lack of a better word. When um Sue Young and Rosemary were having their feud, and obviously Rosemary was putting a coffin sound fire, I believe that Ali was genuinely upset. Here I feel like it's very, very forced. Uh she promises to end Sue Young's running impact. Um she says she references Tessa Blanchard. And says, Tessa Blanchard says that all I want is a title match. Well, I want Sue Young. Make it a non-title match. I don't care. I just want Sue Young. She's done running around in Impact. Um, Kira Hogan, who's next to her, sort of just pipes up and says, yeah, tell her to bring the undead maid of honour as well, because I want her. And 
you know, it was it was very similar promo to the one they cut uh, two weeks ago. But it does a job. Ali will be facing Sue Young in a match next week without the title on the line. And you can bet your bottom dollar that Tessa Blanchard is going to get involved. Without a shadow of a doubt. They sign it off with your time is up. Um, we then get a video package. It's very video package heavy, this show. Considering it's only an hour and a half, there was four matches. That's That's not a lot of matches. Especially when you consider that a lot of the show was um a moment of the of history, so to speak, which we'll get onto in a minute. Uh we go through a video package on the transformation of Eddie Edwards, uh, before we have an interview backstage with Austin Aries. Austin Aries here does a completely different promo to what I'm used to Austin Aries doing. Austin Aries usually an arrogant you know, prick, basically, who goes on and says, you know, I'm the best in the world, you're not going to beat me. However, here, he almost has genuine concern for Eddie. You know, he talks about how he's known Eddie for 10 years. You know, he's a fantastic wrestler. You know, lists off his accomplishments and says, you know what, if I was fighting the Eddie of two, three years ago, I wouldn't have a concern. I know I'd win. But tonight, Eddie's completely unpredictable. You know, Alicia uses the word unpredictable. And he says, fine, use that word if you want. But it has me worried. But I am going to come out on top. Which is fair enough. Which is fair enough. It was an excellent promo from Austin Aries. Got me amped for the main event. You know, like I wasn't already. But yeah, really, really good promo from Austin Aries. Something slightly different to what we're used to from him. Really good promo. Backstage segment again. We have got Grado, who's arguing with Joe Hendry and Katarina on the back of his defeat to Eli Drake last week. Now, this was supposedly a tag team match between Trevor Lee and Eli Drake and Grado and Joe Hendry. Eli Drake never tagged out, and Grado is saying, where were you, Joe, when I needed that tag? Joe Hendry explains himself, saying that um, Katarina, sorry, explains, saying that uh, Trevor Lee had sort of attacked um, Joe Hendry and that she was trying to help him. Um, And after all, Joe Hendry beat Eli Drake without tapping out, without tagging out, sorry. Eli Drake won without tagging out, so why would Grado need to tag out? And Grado sort of stops and goes, (sighs) yeah, Okay, fair enough. Joe Hendry then does this fantastic monologue of saying, can you remember when we were in primary school and people used to do this to you? And he pulls up Grado's top and chops the living shit out of the stomach of Grado. Just this one solid slap. And Grado's face is like, holy shit, there was no need for that. Um, He basically says, look, I defended you in school. I am going to defend you next week. I am going to take on Eli Drake next week. Uh, They sort of make up and they're all friends, but obviously that's not going to be the case in the next couple of weeks going forward. We then get our second match and it feels like so long since we actually had a match and it's between Tessa Blanchard and the returning Alicia Edwards. Um, Tessa has the better of the opening exchange. Um, There's a wonderful moment where 
um, Tessa sort of presses Alicia Edwards above her head, and there's just there's a moment where there's just flashes of China, and when you see that, you're like, yeah, she could be just the next dominant person, you know, of Impact and of wrestling wherever she goes, if she stays in Impact or if she does eventually go to WWE or somewhere like that. You know, she's going to be the next big thing, just like China was threatening to be when, unfortunately, her career was derailed. Um, Edwards eventually gets back into the match, taking advantage of um, Tessa's arrogance, gets a crucifix on her for two. Um, But Tessa, you know, whenever Alicia Edwards gets a, a close pinfall or comes back into the match, Tessa beats her down with almost anger at how Alicia can have the audacity to try and come back. However, Edwards hits a flatliner, but um, uh, Tessa Blanchard kicks out. They make it to the feet, and Edwards hits running forearm and a running bulldog for two. Um, she finishes it up with a tornado DDT. That also gets a two count. And at this point, I'm thinking, bloody hell, Alicia Edwards looks quite good here, but no sooner... Had I seen, you know, had I thought that that Tessa cuts off a codebreaker into a spine buster, finishes it off with a hammerlock DDT, and all's right with the world. You know, Tessa Blanchard needed to win this match. She did win this match. And, you know, Alicia didn't look terrible. It wasn't a squash match by any stretch. Um, it was a decent match. Not the best Tessa Blanchard match I've seen, but, you know, Alicia Edwards looked okay. Come the end of the match, Tessa gets a microphone, says that she wanted to make an example out of her opponent, which I didn't think she did, but we'll gloss over that fact. Um, she says again that Ali might have everyone fooled, but, you know, she knows better. She knows that Ali only cares about herself and that title. And if Ali goes after Sue Young, which, you know, we've had a backstage pro- uh, segment saying she will, then Tessa will be coming for her. So this is all building towards a triple threat, which, you know, we might get at Bound for Glory, we might get on an impact taping. That's going to be a fantastic match. Ali, Sue Young, Tessa Blanchard. That's going to be fantastic. Really, really look forward to that. Another backstage segment, Matt Seidel is interviewed this time and says, do you know what? I don't want to focus on the X Division title. Of course, everyone else is focusing on the fact that I lost the X Division title. But it's merely material. The spirit and what it meant is still with him. He doesn't have an issue with anyone, but will open everyone's third eyes tonight, including Pentagon Jr. I did think after this promo, Matt, I don't think you will. And... We'll talk about it a bit later. Um, We then get our uh, Global Wrestling Network throwback with Peter Williams taking on Chris Saban. Uh, Not going to review it. If you want to see it, download the app. You know, it's a really good app, really good match. Uh, Chris Saban won. Then gets absolutely destroyed by Kevin Nash, who beats on him outside, destroys a trophy that Chris Saban had won for the match, and just generally is a bit of a dick. But yeah, decent match. Go and check it out if you can. Another backstage segment. KM and Falabar are arguing backstage about the match last week. 
KM is saying, look, I gave you very strict instructions. Poke to the eye. You do not distract the ref. But Falabar has had enough. He says, well, he says, bah. We assume, we assume means no, but he says, bah. And says, and KM says, what, you want me to be like you? So that might be a nice little thing that they're going to do. You know, we're going to have KM trying to be like Falabar. And then next, you know, the next week we'll have Bar trying to be like KM again. It'll be a ni- nice little tag team dynamic. These two have got really good chemistry. They're interrupted by uh, Scarlet Bordeaux walking through and both, you know, just sort of lo- lust after her in a particularly gross way. So wonderful. Speaking of Scarlet Bordeaux, because we can't get enough Scarlet Bordeaux on this podcast, can we? He says sarcastically. Um, we cut to, we presume management, um, but we just see the arms from the point of view of the management yelling at a random dude. Um, they time to get out. Scarlet Bordeaux arrives. Um, immediately they've got all this time for they become really creepy, sleazy old men saying, oh yeah, we've got loads of time for you. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's incredibly creepy and incredibly cringy. It's a horrible segment. Um, she says that she's upset that all the, girl, all the girls in the locker room are mean to her and she doesn't want to get into the ring with them. To which management say, yeah, we shouldn't have that. We'll have words with them. And they plan to give her own show called The Smoke Show, which we will endure next week. Um, What to say about this? Um, I'm not a fan of this at all. I feel, you know, the time for overly sexualizing women in wrestling is gone. Um, and I feel like this just seems to be a backward step. Um, it's not even like I feel Scarlet Bordeaux has got charisma. I, don't, I feel like her acting isn't that great. Whether that improves as you know we go on, um, we'll see next week. Well, on Thursday when we see the smoke show. Um, I'm just I'm not filled with hope. I think this is. I think this is going to crash and burn, if I'm perfectly honest. I just find the entire thing very cringeworthy, very 1990s, and I'm I'm just not into it, not into it at all. This does bring us to a semi-main event, which is Matt Seidel taking on Pentagon. Jesus, Pentagon is over. Like It doesn't matter about anyone else in the ring, doesn't matter who he's in the ring with, he is so over. The begin as any match between these two tends to open with Pentagon saying zero muerte and Matt Seidel doing that third eye bollocks. Um, And Seidel actually starts on top. They chop the shit out of each other. Pentagon tries to attack the knee of Seidel. Uh, More chops, which again, I feel is very one-sided because Pentagon gives the chops, but obviously he's got that body armor on. So once anyone gives him a chop, it's not going to hurt, though he sells it like it should. Um, there's a sunset flip that gets two. Seidel is never out of this match. At no point do I think this is a squash match. Seidel has a very, very good showing here. Um, he locks in an Indian Deathlock, um, obviously targeting the knee of Pentagon. Um, Pentagon responds with sling blades. Um, there's a wonderful moment where Seidel sl- rolls out of the ring after the second sling blade, hides under the ring, and comes back out from a different side, allowing Seidel to attack, working the knee again. Um, there's then Seidel drop-kicking him back to the floor. Pentagon hits super kicks. It's it's a wonderful match. It really is. 
Um, Sidel then takes Pentagon up to the top, um, hits a, um, Pentagon, hits a super kick, and a backstabber only gets two. He then goes for the arm of Matt Seidel. Seidel manages to reverse it and roll out of the way. Um, you know, we've got a lot of back and forth as we head towards the end of this match, the sort of ending um, sequence of this match. Pentagon hits the Penta Driver, which Seidel kicks out of at two. I was very surprised by that. Um, Seidel then um, counts a backstabber. Um, he hits an airborne, actually hits the airborne, doesn't hit the ropes this time. Uh, super kick by Penta. Um, then we eventually get um, Pentagon cradling for two, and then it's a fear factor. Sidel done, can't kick out of the fear factor. Three count, Pentagon is your winner. And, you know, it's the right result. It's the right result. Pentagon was never losing here. And um, I feel like we're building Pentagon. I feel like he is below Austin Aries, he's the next big challenger. You know, I know he's already challenged, I know he's held the championship, I know we've already had an Austin Aries versus Pentagon um, program, but I don't think anyone would begrudge as another because, as I've said at the start of this match, everyone is behind him. Um, just after this match, Sammy Callahan and Jake or Dave Christ appear on the screen. Sammy Callahan is still pissed off that he's, um, lose, you know, he's had to shave his head. He tells one of the Chris that they've got to shave their head because, you know, Ohio, which makes sense. You know, they've all got to look like a family. Jake volunteers, so Sammy makes Dave do it. You know, makes Dave have his head shaved, which makes sense. So Jake has to shave Dave's head. It's a very, very strange segment. Um, I know we're talking about, you know, the decline in sanity of Sammy Callahan, but did he have that much sanity to start off with, is my question. Conan then comes to the ring. Um, he talks about how they had won at Slammiversary and they are still tag team champions. Um, the OGs jump them because they're cowards. Um, in response to this, King and the OGs uh, arrive on the balcony. Um, they have a lot of back and forth. There's a lovely bit where uh, King obviously can't hear what Conan's saying, so he tells the crowd to shut up because he can't hear what he's saying. Lovely. Um, we then cut to the main crux of this. Conan asks what King wants. King says that he, well, he laughs and says he wants to take the fight to the streets. Unless Conan, of course, is afraid to lead his, you know, to lead his boys. And he does really emphasise that word boys into a real war. Conan is offended by this, says that he brought all three of them up on the streets and this is going to be ended on the streets. King laughs, says that they are the streets End of promo. Really good sequence. Everything that involves LAX and the OGs at the moment, absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I've heard people on the internet who've already seen, you know, the street fight that we're going to have next week. They say that it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely amazing. So that is something to look forward to. We then cut to our final promo of the night, our final backstage segment. It's Jimmy Jacobs, who says that he was merely trying to save Johnny Impact from Congo Kong. Um, he says that Johnny Impact hits him in the face when all he was trying to do was say, look, you don't want to go find him, uh, Congo Kong. He says that he's a good guy, but trust me, he's capable of good, uh, bad things. So next week, Johnny Impact wanted the monster. He's going to get the monster. The only problem is that Jimmy Jacobs is that monster. 
not Congo Kong. So next week, we've got Johnny Impact taking on Jimmy Jacobs. Should be a decent match, whether, you know, whether it's a barnstorm, we'll see. I'm sure Congo Kong will get involved. We'll see how this goes, how the storyline goes forward. Finally, our main event, we have got the champion, the Impact World Champion, Austin Aries, taking on the lunatic Eddie Edwards. Um, Do you know what? This was a really, really, really fun match. These two have got fantastic chemistry in the ring, and I thought the juxtaposition between the absolute insanity of Eddie Edwards to the clean-cut, technical wrestling style of Austin Aries it was really, really good. There's a lovely moment where um, Eddie sort of belly to belly sort of throws Austin Aries over his head, but then rather than getting up, just does snow angels on the floor. It was, it was just, it sort of epitomised just how mental Eddie Edwards has got. Um, you know, they do that typical chop sequence where they keep going, "Come on, is that all you've got?" So Austin Aries instead of he winds up and then pokes him in the eye. Um, yeah, it's a really, really nice back and forth. Obviously, there's a little bit of shenanigans at the end. I, I do encourage you to go and find this match because it is good fun. Really, really good match. Um, there's a bit where Austin Aries has got um, Eddie Edwards in the last chancery, but Eddie Edwards bites his finger, gets it out. He roll, Austin Aries rolls to the floor at this point. You can see that he has had enough. I have had enough of this. This is ridiculous. So he grabs the belt. The ref takes it off him. So, you know, the typical Austin Aries move. So the ref turns around. He goes for a low blow, but Eddie blocks it. He goes for a pin, sort of a cradle, only gets two. Um, Austin Aries then counters a backpack stunner. They trade strikes, and we get another ref bump. During this ref bump, Aries hits a rolling forearm, grabs the title, and misses him. Eddie hits a future shock, covers with the crowd counting one, two, three, all the way up to six. So technically, Eddie Edwards is the champion, but of course there's no ref. Eddie Edwards gets the kendo stick and hits the ref for some reason, because, you know, Eddie insanity. Um, Aries low blows him, Eddie fights back, hits Aries with the kendo stick again. We're then in the corner with Aries in the corner and um, Eddie Edwards standing above him, the kendo stick in Austin Aries' mouth, pushing down, choking him. At this point, we see Killer Cross arrive, who slides into the ring, picks up Eddie Edwards, Saito suplex onto Eddie. He slides out of the ring. Aries hits the brain buster and he retains. Um... There's a lovely moment after that where the two pose together, Ares and Killer Cross. Um, Cross then lays that calling card, that red card with the black X on him, and fade to black, and that was Impact. A good showing. The only thing that I would say spoilt it for me was the fact that it was an hour and a half show. It was very, very promo and segment heavy. Only four matches now, and the four matches we had were good. You know, four very, very solid matches. I really enjoyed Ishimori and Williams versus Desi Hit Squad. You know, I said that Desi Hit Squad were very, or weren't to the level of Ishimori and Williams. 
That still rings true, obviously, but I think Ishimori and Williams have really good chemistry. And if that's leading to something, then I'm more than happy. Um, really enjoyed Pentagon versus Matt Seidel. Thought that was a really hard-hitting match, which is what you'd expect from these two. And then the main event was fantastic. Thought it was a bit of a strange end. I can't wait to see where this Austin Aries Killer Cross sort of partnership is going to go. I can't see it being a long-lasting thing, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, a really, really good showing. Next week, we built to a lot of things. We've got the OGs taking on LAX in an actual street fight. This takes place in an actual street. So apparently, as I've already said, I've seen people on Twitter talking about just how good this match is. So I'm really looking forward to that. We've got Phoenix taking on Sammy Callahan. Phoenix, I love every time Phoenix takes to the ring. I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. We've got Jimmy Jacobs taking on Johnny Impact. We've got Ali taking on Sue Young with, you know, inevitable intervention by um, Tessa Blanchard. And then we've got Joe Hendry taking on Eli Drake. Segment-wise, we've then got the Smoke Show debut. Um, <clears throat> we'll see how this goes. Um, I don't know how this or what this show is going to be about or what it's going to have in it. But... I'm not holding my breath. Um, I'm a negative person anyway, but when you've got something like this that I'm just I'm not feeling and I'm not into, it doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. But we'll see. I hope I'm proved wrong. I hope this entire thing improves. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Ring of Honor and Impact for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I've been completely lost without Garth, having to do this on my own, talking consistently at you for 40 minutes. Thank you for listening. Um, in the meantime, if you can't wait until Sunday, where we'll have Chris coming back with the Young Lion podcast talking about all that's happening in New Japan, or till Tuesday, where me and Garth will have all the happenings from this week's uh, Impact and Tuesday's Ring of Honor, then you can talk to us on Twitter. It's at Podmania. You can find us on Facebook at Podmania Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at, at RealPodmania. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin, and you can talk to Garth at, at @drummerjackson. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I will talk to you guys again soon. Mm-hmm.